I think we got to start Ricky Flex with the highest grossing movie in the history of Independence Day weekend movies. Have you seen Minions? Yes or no? That's a no from me, Doc. For some reason, Ricky Flex, I could just imagine you sporting that blue tuxedo or that blue suit that you've bought recently, wearing that with a hot date going into Minions. I, I just saw that happening, and I was disappointed to see that it wasn't apparent on my Twitter. It, it did not. I've been off of the Twitter game recently with the Stranger Things spoilers circling social media. But yeah, no, I, I did have the inkling to go see the movie just to see how many people would have suits on in my movie theater. But the weather was too nice on an Independence Day weekend. I did not do it. I feel like it it was our calling for me and you to go together in suits. I feel like we missed something there. We missed the boat. Yeah, I think we might have missed the boat, but there's going to be another boat because they're definitely going to do another movie of Minions. Yeah, so Minions, I think I've taken not even – they've taken over the universe, right? They've taken over like the Despicable Me universe, but they've also taken over just animation movies in general. They own it. Illumination. definitely has taken over i don't Uh, know if you told me when despicable me came out that there would be a spin-off minions movie i would say yes yeah i was gonna say absolutely (laughs) like that that was the the tell me that this there's been four of these movies and there's gonna be five probably six now now we're getting to crazy territory we're in the craziest world ever there's no end in sight and the way i started to think about it Think about the kids that are seeing this new Minions movie, the ones that are dressing up in suits, these 16 to 20-year-olds. When did the first uh, Despicable Me come out? I want to say like 2012, maybe earlier? That's something we could Google. Well, we, it's worth a Google. When did this first come out? Oh, boy. It's a 2010 movie. So think about this, Ricky Flex. It is 2010 when the first Despicable Me came out. It is now 2022. That is 12 years that these teenagers teenagers have grown up with Despicable Me. Minions, they're in the culture, bro. Just like Woody and Buzz were in the culture for us. It's the same thing. Do you know when the last... So Despicable Me was 2010. Despicable Me 2 was 2013. Do you know when Despicable Me 3 came out? Uh, 18? 2017. Close. And there's Despicable Me 4 coming out in 2024. Yeah, way to hint at the uh, checkup today, but that's okay. Yeah, July 3rd, 2024. So Despicable Me 4 releases also Independence Day weekend of 2024. Will this be the record that Minions just set? At the box office. That is a real possibility. I feel like Despicable Me Despicable Me is now like the symbol for American patriotism. Oh, should that should this has been have been drafted? Should draft this have been year? drafted? Yes, like the, the characters, maybe Kevin, right? Is that one of the minions? Sounds about right. Edward, I think, is the guy with like the hair that's pulled apart, and you can see like I don't know, like the straight through his head. He has no hair through like the, the the middle parting. That guy, he might be the symbol of American patriotism. Next, uh, next to Rocky, Pete Mitchell, Maverick. 
next to Rocky. Rocky Four. They're uh, holy triumphant. Big three. Let's get going. This is the Drive-In Podcast. Take one. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to episode 122 of the Drive-In Podcast. On today's episode, we have the checkup with yours truly, Dr. O, along with our trailer roundup featuring David O. Russell's upcoming film, Amsterdam. We also have our 10 bold predictions for Thor, Love, and Thunder. So use the bathroom now, grab that popcorn, and enjoy episode 122 of the Drive-In Podcast. Howdy doody. Welcome to episode 122 of TDI. This is Dr. O on the horn. I'm joined as always by my co-host, my best friend, my minions aficionado, Ricky Flicks, as he shakes his head once I make that, make that statement. A lot of movie news to check up with you today. Not only a lot of movie news, a lot of NBA news that came over the weekend, Ricky Flicks. Traditional traditional when it comes to july 4th weekend we look in the past i remember being in a hotel room with you right cape cod we talk we see lebron signing with the lakers we got kd right signing with the warriors so many things that have happened in the history of the nba on july 4th weekend no surprise that we get a bunch of chaos led by the one and only brian windhorst i i actually didn't think there was enough chaos i i wanted kevin Durant rated tornado of rumors just a tornado of rumors the star of thunderstruck needed to be traded Mm, i think it's i I want more chaos i'm addicted to it now i i think the nba offseason is better than the actual season so i want more chaos i agree and i feel like this is like the NFL when they try to exert themselves in every type of conversation. Like the the NBA tries to have like their moment in the spotlight, and all of a sudden we're going to see the Sean Watson like suspension coming in the in the in the, in the next few days. Like I can see that happening. That no, I want to stick to the NBA before we move on to the checkup today. But you mentioned the star of Thunderstruck, KD. Any predictions for where he lands? Does he move? Does he stay in Brooklyn? Does one NBA franchise for once hold Pat, right, from the demands of an NBA superstar? I'm seeing two options here, Doc. I'm seeing what you just said holds Pat, or I am an agent of chaos. Go back to the Warriors. Draymond, (laughs) I think, would have a heart attack. His podcast... If it's not number one, it would be number one for the next like. (laughs) Whoa, whoa, imagine this. Imagine this. Katie doesn't announce it. Windhorse doesn't announce it. Katie goes on Draymond's podcast oh to announce his sign with the Warriors. Imagine that happens, Ricky Flix. That's actually like so believable, though. Hashtag new media. Hashtag new media. I think that's going to happen. There's no way he's signing back with the Warriors, but like in the back of my mind, I'm like, Katie gives zero Fs right now. He's just like, he's going to do whatever he wants. 
right? And like, I, it's not really whatever he wants, but like when it comes to the NBA and you're locked into a contract, you can still do whatever you want. <laughs> like, the, I, I guess in fewer words, right? You could just like choose whatever, choose your path, choose your destiny. It's just how it works now. But if I'm the Nets, I'm locked into a four-year contract with arguably the best player in the world. I'm not going to let him go. He'll just not play. He'll just not play. You think Kevin Durant is going to waste three years of his career? Yeah, but he'll he'll uh, play chicken. One year of his career? He'll play chicken with him. <sighs> Man, I don't know. He's just okay like, paying the fees and the fines, penalties. It just, to me, it's so wrong of KD to do that. NBA, so wrong man. okay to do that so like after signing with them he did what he had to do with the warriors now he's demanding trades to teams with two or more all-stars the gall as stephen a smith would say of this man the gall but i do want to say ricky flex the brian windhorse stuff on twitter is the most i've last laughed at an internet like phenomenon in such a long time <laughs> he is just so funny the pointer like finger and then with the quote <laughs> why is that but that is so money. It is so money. He doesn't even know it. He probably he, doesn't know it. I feel bad for him at times because like mm -hmm. Woj and Shams kind of like overtook him right after like LeBron decided to go to Miami. And then he went back to Cleveland right after that. Because like Windhorse is like famous because of LeBron, like since high school and then the decision and then everything. Right. But then after that, Shams comes back like young stud. From the athletic with Woj from the athletic come up. Woj goes to ESPN. Then it's the rivalry that we've always wanted in the NBA. Woj versus Shams, not LeBron Kobe, not any, not, not anything else. Magic Bird, Shams, Woj, NBA offseason. But Winor has kind of got left in the winds here. He's having his time to shine now. What a resurgence for our guy Winhorst. I feel like we all have a Winhorst in our friend group to be honest, like anyone's friend group. If you like sports, you got this like bigger overweight dude who <laughs> thinks he's an analysis and he thinks he knows everything about the NBA. I feel like everyone can relate to like having a wind horse in their group. But never actually touched a basketball. Like an unintentionally funny, just unintentionally funny because he cares so much about basketball. <laughs> I guess right? so. Yeah, I guess like you're laughing with him, but you're laughing at him, but he thinks you're laughing with him. That was a full-on performance that he did. It was a full-on performance. He knew exactly what he was doing in that moment. He knew this is the moment where I get back into the ranks. This is the moment that people will point to where he join, rejoins the ranks of Woj and Shams, right? I'm not this buying it. I'm all in. Give me all the wind horse stock, baby. All the wind horse stock. With that being said, let's move on to some movie news. I feel like we have to move on with Stranger Things, which had a slew of different announcements. We got actors joining different projects. We got spinoffs of Stranger Things. We have a play set with Stranger Things. Does this remind you of like all this news? Does it remind you of like what was going on with Game of Thrones and the hype that that had as it was ending, as it's finalizing? What are these actors going to do next? Not really. And really? I understand why it would. But I think Game of Thrones... For me, at least, I think a lot of it was more because the Star Wars hype around it is so big. It's Star Wars, arguably the biggest IP in the world. And when you get the the people, your showrunners for Game of Thrones, before Game of Thrones is over, saying they're going to Star Wars next, that's going to take all the headlines. And or Marvel. This, or Marvel. This, like, you don't have any superheroes attached to it. You don't have any huge ip you have 
the Duffer brothers creating their own studio that, or production company. Yep. You're having like just rumors about the final season or not rumors, but like when it's they're going to write it, when they're going to film it, where, where it's going to be the setting, like things like that. I don't think that's that big of news. I think the biggest news is with outside of Stranger Things, just with a cast member, and that's it. I think this is the most hype a TV series has had since the end of Game of Thrones, though. Can we disagree? Name another one. Since Game of Thrones? Yeah. Then yeah. Or even or even one that is before it. Like this is the most hype or it's most tweeted about show since Game of Thrones. Nothing will ever reach season seven and eight premieres of game of thrones where it just had captivated people's attention people were engaged and they were more locked into the internet especially social media than we've ever seen but i feel like stranger things is that number two show where it's just in the pop culture you could argue euphoria but that's more of like younger demographic well stranger things for some reason it stars younger kids but it seems like you have a larger demographic that's actually invested into the show do you feel that same way yeah, but I think it's because, like, the Goonies feel to it. 80s vibes, you know, Spielberg-esque. 80s vibes. Yep, exactly. So that's why I think you're right. It has everybody, and I'm going to agree with you. I don't think, I, I still think Game of Thrones is by far and away number one. I don't even think it's right to. Oh, I, it's, I, it's, like, it's not even close. Like, like, Game of Thrones is in another stratosphere, bro. Like, it's like from there, you're like, okay, you brought up the Star Wars connection. You got Amelia Clark going to Star and Solo. You got Richard Madden, Kit Harrington going off. With the MCU, you got uh, what's her face, Sansa, right? Um, what's X her Men. name? Yeah, I know. What's her, what's the actress's name? Sansa, uh, Sansa, Sansa. Jonas Brothers' wife. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's redhead. That's embarrassing. Good looking. <laughs> oh man, I'm drawing a blank. But Sansa, okay, going on to do obviously X Men, taking on Dark Phoenix, right? This iconic comic book storyline. There is just Sophie Turner. Sophie Turner. Jesus Christ. The one who slams wine during the Ranger games. games. During the Ranger games. But here we also have some connections here with people paying attention to what these Stranger Things stars are doing next. Maya Hawk, notably the daughter of Ethan Hawk and Uma Thurman. She's going to star in Wes Anderson's Asteroid City alongside uh, Tom Hanks, Margot Robbie, Brian Cranston, a whole slew of stars. You also have uh natalie dyer who's going to be uh in a show with excuse me let me find it let me find it natalie dyer's like i i know what show i listed here but she's going to be in a couple projects that have come out uh jamie campbell bauer who plays vecna is going to star alongside the boys is aaron moriarty and True Haunting, which is a horror film about the first televised exorcism in 1971 Kidding. so and you have Gate and Matazaro is uh, obviously plays Dustin. It's going on Broadway for Dear Evan Hansen. Like those are big projects. They're not to the level of the MCU, but it's just the fact that people care about right what they're doing next because we want to see them succeed at a higher level. Talk about Finn Wolfhard too. What he's doing with Ghostbusters, right? It's just yeah. I feel like as they're getting older, I like it's almost inevitable they're going to be MCU heroes. It's just that. I'm literally never going to watch any of the things that you listed except Maya Hawk's Asteroid City. The exorcism thing I'm kind of intrigued about. I'm kind of intrigued of because I, I, I think that concept is cool and I love the boys. Erin Moriarty, I think she's solid. I don't think she's the – she's like my fifth or sixth favorite Starlight, performance right? on the boys. Yeah. 
Yeah, I just she's like my fifth or sixth favorite performance in that show in a slew full of like amazing, uh, amazing performances. But uh, yeah, I agree. It's just not to that level. But don't don't you care a little bit? Like, are you like oh intrigued a bit? Maybe not. No, I'm not a big horror guy. I'm not a big horror guy. It's like my one genre that I'm not a big, uh, big into. You know, like if it gets really good reviews, then I'll go, I'll see it. But if it doesn't, then I'm more than happy to pass on it. Gotcha. All right. I, I just felt like it had like this a good amount of anticipation for this series and like what I, they're doing afterwards. For sure. I don't mean to be a bummer, but I, just to kind of pivot. Cause I, think I, I think the child like, acting is one of the best we've ever seen in a TV show. To be honest. Agreed. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. Right. It's it's not only hard to do it. It's also hard to find kids that will be good. You know, True. it's easy mm -hmm. to hate. We had a draft about how hateable some of these child stars are like lack of potential draft we had. So it's like it's so hard to actually cast them in the first place. Um, but just to go back to Maya Hawk for a second, because I do think that's absolutely huge news. Is she starring in it or like as the main character? No, I don't think so. Okay. I think she I think she's now just, that I mean, would be you, like you think she's starring in a movie that has Tom Hanks and Margot Robbie in it? No way. Well, but Austin Butler starring a movie with Tom Hanks. Next I do want to make that comparison to Austin Butler because Austin Butler was featured in, in the same movie that Maya Hawk got her breakout star or uh, breakout role in quote unquote supporting role with once upon a time in Hollywood. Same that a screen time, to be honest, maybe a little bit more for text, obviously. Yeah. Okay. And once upon Definitely. a time, but I mean, you see, you like her accumulating these type of roles. Okay. And maybe it's going to lead to a breakout type of performance. Like we've seen with stranger things, maybe it goes into a more of a feature film. I don't think we're going to see it with asteroid city and a Wes Anderson, but I think it's a stepping stone to the next best thing. Exactly. It's a stepping stone. I think that's big. I think Austin Butler kind of like took like a leap. He not he didn't take a step. Huge jump, I think. I think oh, that also 100%. helps. Like obviously we talked about Denzel, his relationship with him, or at least like on actual on stage. So I think that also helped. Just as we like because he actually helped like having that experience with such an acclaimed like actor, right? And uh someone that can vouch for you. So I think that's huge. My Hawk, obviously Ethan Hawk's daughter, that also helps a lot. <laughs> and but uh just the leap, I think this is just the, the traditional next step. So I totally but, agree Butler with you. took Butler took that stage route though. That's like that sometimes will get you will allow you to take that extra step rather than just accumulating small supporting roles and notable like uh producer or director's works. Like if you work with a great actor on stage, like you earn that type of um I guess reputation like Austin Butler did, it's only going to help your career in that regard. So I like we look at his filmography, it's very slim. Very, very, very slim. slim. But at the same time, he worked with Denzel on Broadway, therefore he gets the role of Elvis in a Boz Lorman film. Right. So Maya Hawk, she seems to be taking a different approach here, building up these supporting roles, okay, until she lands her big thing. Uh she obviously has it in the blood. I mean, Ethan Hawk, Uma Thurman, it's gonna happen at some point. Yeah. And again, it's on that trajectory, right? Right. And I'll, I'll just run through the Stranger Thing news so we can get, uh, kind of get it over with so we can move on to the rest of the checkup. <laughs> Not in a bad way. You know I like this show. I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I thought the ending of the season was incredible. I love Volume 2. We'll break it down later on the podcast. But the Duffer brothers say the final season uh, will be set entirely in Hawkins. Okay, So the band will be back together for an entire season. They're getting rid of that Game of Thrones type of approach, looking like more of a global perspective. So it'll be uh, a lot of the original groupings and pairings that – uh, we're seen in season one. Uh, they also say the season, the finale will be shorter than season four. Thank God, because we have a two and a half hour average time for every episode. It's insane. Uh, the Duffer brothers said, quote, we don't want it to be 13 hours. We're aiming for more like 10 hours or something like that. 
Uh, that's the plan. So it'll probably come out mid-2024 based on our track record, end quote. Uh, they also say that Will Byers is going to have a bigger part and focus in the final uh, season of Stranger Things. Uh, you kind of get a sense of that by the end of season four, volume two. Uh, all right. And then finally, you mentioned it before, Duffer Brothers have formed the Upside Down Pictures, a production company that will produce adaptions of Death Note and The Talisman, as well as a Stranger Things spinoff for Netflix. So if you were looking for uh, less Stranger Things in your life for whatever reason, too bad you're not getting it, right? We're going to get more and more Stranger Things, not only season five. You got spinoffs coming on the way, not, not to mention a stage play. That is set within the world of Stranger Things. It's in the works at Netflix with Stephen Daldry set to direct. Insanity. <laughs> Insanity about a content. And just to be clear, next episode, which comes out tomorrow, is the Stranger Things recap. Not this episode. Just to make that clear. And we will also be recapping uh, the latest season of The Boys and then predictions for the season finale that is dropping on Friday. Get hyped. All right. Moving on with the checkup. Where do we go next? Taron Egerton says he's read a script for Kingsman 3 and that he expects to begin shooting the film in 2023. That is not the only Taron Egerton news that we have for this week. Taron Egerton also reveals he has met with Marvel Studios about a potential role. He said, uh, quote, he teases that it could be about playing Wolverine. He said, quote, hopefully if it does come around, they'll give me a shot, end quote. Dude, he's playing, he's playing Wolverine, no? It seems like it, right? It seems inevitable. It's he's young, right? He's uh, what is he? Thirty two. He's thirty two, right? I think, right. He's had that lead up to the superhero, right? He's had the big role in Kingsman, right? Um, he was had some minor parts like in Legend, right? Um, he had a couple flops, Rocket Man, Robin Hood. No, not Rocket Man. I'm oh, sorry. Hood. What did I say? Oh, Robin Hood is what I meant. Robin Rocket Hood, Rocket Man's his biggest hit. Yeah, Bernard Boys Club. Had the comeback with Rocket Man. Sorry. And Tetris go- movie coming. Tetris movie coming. I'm excited for that. Yeah. And he had to do a, co- a few TV shows as well. But at the end of the day, he showed out his action prowess, his star power with Rocket Man and Kingsman. It was time. Now, is it? Now, if he's playing Wolverine, he's going to not be the good Eggsy, right? He's going to have to, you know, get a little mean. Get dark, baby. Yeah, get he's gonna dark. have to get hit that somehow. That emotional moment is it in him? We're gonna have to see, wait and see here. But is it too soon that we're getting a Wolverine? Now we know that MCU has to incorporate one sooner than later. Ryan Reynolds is only getting so old, X Men have to come into the fray at some point. I think it like whenever this does happen, it's not like it's coming next year. It's going to be announced that he's going to be Wolverine, and then it's going to be like three years down the road, three or four years. I honestly think that you brought up Ryan Reynolds. I don't think he really has anything to do with it. I think he is so versatile. His character is so versatile. He could fit into any type of mold. He is the easiest one to transition from the Fox to the Disney uh, environment for his superhero, right? Like he's the one that is easily translatable, can keep the same casting. They can make jokes about it, and it's just it's just simple. Uh, as opposed to Wolverine, that's an iconic character. and People are going to want to see Hugh Jackman return to the role in some capacity. It's kind of a crime that he didn't return for Multiverse of Madness. Like, he should have been alongside Charles Xavier, like, on the Illuminati stage right there. Would have been perfect. But um, I guess they're going for a more authentic Wolverine here, a shorter, st- a shorter person 
younger person, all right, for the role, hopefully to play it into the foreseeable future for the MCU. When you said he was 32, I almost like passed out. Like he's only 32 years old. Yeah. Yeah, this, in, this this blows my mind because I see pictures of him. Like his hair seems to be thinning a little bit. I think of like it's almost like Margot Robbie has been in our lives so much. She's like the female Tara Egerton. Like I thought Margot Robbie is like approaching forty. She's still only like thirty two years old. Like she was doing Wolf of Wall Street when she was twenty or nineteen years old. That is bananas to me. The fact that she wasn't even able to drink and doing Wolf of Wall Street all this time has passed ten years, eleven years, twelve years, and she's still like playing Barbie at thirty. Like. That like the, like they're the Taryn Egerton, Margot Robbie, these type of stars are gonna be in our lives for so long. And it seems like, well, at least Margot Robbie, she's working more than ever. But Taryn Egerton, I am rooting for him to get this role. So I think he would murder it. I think he's very versatile. As I said before, I'm excited for this Tetris movie that he's doing because it has a Cold War background about the origins of this movie. It's not really gonna be the traditional like Mattel type movie where they're set inside the game. It's more about the creation of the game. Right, that true historical feel to it. I love that. But uh give me him as Wolverine, bro. I think he can nail that tenacity. Yeah, and just a couple of clarifying things. When I meant TV series, I mean like he was like a voice for many different characters and different TV series, not in a lot of things since like Rocket before Man. his big break. No, after Rocket Man. It's like he took a break. Oh, sing. He did sing. He did sing, but he did a lot of TV series voicing and a lot of different really? ones, not like a franchise. Yeah, like the Dark Crystal, Moon uh Moomin Valley the Sandman, a podcast series, Blackbird. Like, it's weird stuff. My man was hurting financially, bro. My man went down it, bad. It, it doesn't make sense. But the Tetris thing, big, like, that. that's potential, right? And I think here, there's potential as well to get back in the limelight, such as with Rocket Man in 2019. Now, and just to clarify another thing, when I mentioned Ryan Reynolds, what I mean is, Ryan Reynolds, we were just saying how young Taron Egerton or Margot Robbie is. I think people forget Ryan Reynolds is on the older side. About to be 50, right? He's like yeah. late 40s. So that's what I, try, I was trying to say is like Deadpool, connection to X-Men. Right. He's no, not I, staying I know forever. Right. And they're going to need to bring in the X-Men. Taron Egerton, younger stud to come in in a few years after Deadpool uh, 3, Deadpool 4, bring in Taron Egerton, Wolverine, X-Men. Yeah, I, I didn't mean to step on your toes or ruffle your feathers, Ricky Flux. That's I was all just, I meant by it. I was just it, saying it that like, like, there was some confusion. No, 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 no. I'm just saying like Deadpool obviously has connections to the X-Men, but it's not tight enough where like the MCU is going to hold back Deadpool for the X-Men oh, or vice course. versa. You know, like Deadpool's coming, whether the X-Men are or not. Like we need that. Like, there's a demand for Deadpool right now. And I feel like if if Marvel let Deadpool slip even a couple more years, like they're in danger of losing the hype train that was Deadpool 1 and 2 because that was an absolute phenomenon. And if they're not going to change the rating and everything, make sure you capitalize on this because we see so many more action projects that are rated R, that are gruesome, that are gory, that are willing to uh, be ride that borderline of appropriateness All right, in a way that's going to get people to go to theaters. Uh, need it right now. Deadpool 3. Handle it. Foggy. Looking at you. So. Moving on here. I think we also, by the way, we got to do X-Men casting, like potential casting. That's a potential top billing, Ricky Flex. So it's like, who's playing Wolverine? Who's playing the new Professor X, Magneto, if they're getting recast? Who's playing Beast, right? Who's playing whoever, right? Rogue. That's a great idea. I like it. I'll throw it out right now. Denzel, Professor X. I said it. That's not bad. Next, another beloved franchise for us. 
Disney Plus National Treasure series is titled National Treasure Edge of History. This is a series that will have a panel at San Diego Comic-Con. We have a title. We have a logo, Ricky Flex. I mean, if Nick Cage is not in this, what do we do in response? Well, I will not be watching this if Nick Cage isn't in it. Let's just be clear here. This would just be another Disney Plus show. What if he's only in one episode? IP. I will only watch that one episode. I, I think so too. Like he's only the finale. We don't it watch like nine episodes. We only watch that time. The man that works more than literally anybody in Hollywood. Everyone. Like that's 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 a fact. He works more than everyone. And Disney Plus can't get him for this show. I think that's a problem. I think they have to get him. And obviously he won't be a main character. Clearly. This has already been filmed. This has been, there's a, there's a story, whatever. But if he is not at least in one episode for more than 10 minutes, they, I, I think Disney Plus, it just doesn't know what they're doing, except that they just want to be content uh, fiends and just want to like give us crappy content just for the pleasure. What I will say, if Nick Cage does not appear in the show, I will uninstall the app on my smart TV. I won't unsubscribe to Disney Plus, but I will take off the app on my smart TV so I cannot watch any more Disney Plus productions. Be- like I'm already not watching Miss Marvel. I did watch Thor Ragnarok in preparation for Thor Love and Thunder last night. But other than the MCU and Star Wars content, if I'm not in danger of missing any Mandalorian or any major productions that I need to see from Marvel, which I think we're getting She-Hulk, which I I can afford to miss, to be honest. I've kind of reassessed. You're on my bandwagon. I've reevaluated. Ricky, I have noticed it's kind of freeing to not watch Miss Marvel. Yes. I'm, I'm just like, wow. Join me. Like, like literally, I see a tweet about it. I'm like, next scroll, next scroll. Oh, yes, right. Okay, it's leading into this. There's a teaser for the next Captain Marvel. Don't eh. care. Swipe, swipe, swipe. Gone, gone, gone. Uh, it's, it's nice. But I think that's also because it's irrelevant. Like, if I did that with Moon Knight, I would care because I'm an Oscar Isaac guy. I have no connections with what's going on with this part of the Marvel Universe. And I think this is what we were talking about with Marvel, where it's like, if you're having all these TV shows and you're not going to expect all these people right to follow along. I'm going to, I'm going to see Captain Marvel too. When that comes out, I'm going to wonder how much I missed from not seeing Miss Marvel. I, again, with these shows, if you don't have a character that had their own movie and they're not the star or they're a prominent character in an Avengers and they're not the star, you're not attracting an audience. Movie stars drive audiences why do you think jurassic world made so much money oh yes because dinosaurs but also chris pratt's on the screen right like there's just movie stars drive audiences not just effects i think it's a big miss like hawkeye at least had jeremy renner movie star and he was a prominent role in the avengers she hulk you have mark ruffalo in it but he's not the star i will not be watching She-Hulk. there is no one other there's no one recognizable in, in miss marvel like, at, like you mentioned it, Jeremy Renner is a member of the core Avengers. Jeremy Renner is also a Hollywood star, right? So when you have that strong attachment with Jeremy Renner, but more specifically with the core Avengers, rather than the side character that has like is related to a or has connections to a MCU hero that not a lot of people care for, like what do you think the numbers are going to do? This is the lowest 
seen or lowest viewed MCU show on Disney Plus by a long shot. By a long shot. It's just like there was no, like, at least give us a villain that we recognize. Like, I literally look at that cast list. I see nothing. I see nothing. I feel like Brie Larson's going to make a, maybe she was already in the show and I don't even know. I feel like great that I have no idea. She might have had a, a, she might have an appearance in the finale. I don't think it's really going to do anything, to be honest. I feel like damage damage has already been done. I agree. I, I, I even with Brie Larson, I think everyone, every listener on this podcast knows that we're not the biggest Brie Larson fans anymore. No, she completely sold out in a bad way. Like who would who would ever pass up on a superhero? You're right. Like most of us, including us, we wouldn't. But you went from Oscar nominee or Oscar winner to literally like a not a good actress. I don't know how that happens. Um, I think that's a big problem. I think that's actually like not even like a not mistake. a good actress. Since just to something not we care. Just to not care it. Like yes. she didn't care about the rest of her career. She's like, okay, I'm a superhero now. I don't like we we what was the Jamie Foxx movie and Michael B. Jordan, uh, where she was a lawyer. Oh, uh, Just Mercy. Just Mercy. Like she was in that movie, but other than that, I can't look at her filmography and say like okay now she's trying to do something with her career after room after miss marvel it's like some, some it almost feels like some type of complacency and that's fine movie stars do this all the time but when you win an academy award there's like some type of pressure that's put upon you to see like what you're doing next and if you don't do that like you immediately get labeled as overrated or someone that is like not done enough so it's like you look at us like we have no acting experience we don't have that much experience with movies in general right but like when we see someone that has had that ability and not do anything it causes us to raise questions i think that's just logical so for those people who think we're too hard on her i mean i don't think we're hard enough because she hasn't done, done anything you know she just doesn't do anything but like play these uh, play captain marvel for like five seconds other than her own movie um let's keep going enough about disney plus let's talk about taika watiti Taika Waititi, director of Thor Love and Thunder. First off, I'll just get this out of the way. Thor Love and Thunder, monstrous weekend. Uh, that's being estimated $300 million in the world's in the film's worldwide box office. He also has a new movie, right? Next Goal Wins that we've talked about, right? Upcoming movie, not necessarily new. Uh, it's going to star Michael Fassbender, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss, and Will Arnett that's replacing Army Hammer. They, he confirms this movie won't release until 2023. Um, are you surprised by this? Do you think it has anything to do with the reshoots or like what Arnett taking Army, Army Hammer's place? Is that is that the most logical reason? I, I think it's the most logical reason, but I don't think it's the reason. I think that through the quotes that we've talked about on this pod during previous checkups, it's not the reshoots weren't even weren't even because of Army Hammer. It's completely different. I he was barely in the movie in itself. Will Arnett kind of confirms that this is going to be probably a dramedy. At its worst, right? To compared to like on the scale from dramedy to comedy, a dramedy, maybe even leaning more towards comedy. But Fastman or Elizabeth Moss headlining your movie with Taika directing it behind it, like this is gonna be, this is still gonna be a great movie. I don't care what anyone says. And like, why would Elizabeth Moss, someone that's on a hot streak, and Fastbender, two well-known non-comedic actors, like ever? The like funniest thing Fastbender has ever been in, Inglorious Bastards. Funniest thing Elizabeth Moss has ever been in, Mad Men, Invisible Man. Like you're not gonna say those Handmaid's Tale. Like you're not gonna say those are funny at all. So I just think that this is gonna have the Tychus twist. Utilize Will Arnett, a couple other actors in here to get his comedic elements out. But at the end of the day, this is gonna be about 
a team losing in, in the World Cup 31 nothing. Yeah. I agree. Like, like you can't anticipate this is going to be a full on drama. Like you, you have to anticipate once, even if army hammer was there, like when you have Taika Waititi in that director's chair, you can't expect it to be, you can't take a movie full on seriously. And when you have Will Arnett in there, that's very exciting for Will Arnett and for us that are fans of Will Arnett, because yes, like he's going to do his thing. Like, why is he there? He's going to provide that comedic element, but can he provide some chops that he has, uh, he hasn't shown in any other places on his filmography. Like when I think of Will Arnett, I'm thinking of the podcast he hosts, right? With Jason Bateman, like the smartless one. I was introduced to that this weekend. I, I didn't like it to be honest, but like he is known for that. He is known for like blades of glory is what I think of personally with Will Arnett. You think of him and arrested development. Like, can he like branch out a little bit? If there was going to be a moment where Will Arnett can like flex a little bit, that he is more than just the, Justice comedic guy, it's starring alongside Michael Fassbender. Like Taika Waititi won't necessarily change that, but when you get put next to Fassbender, all of a sudden there is a bar that's put next to you. You got to raise yourself to it. Elizabeth Moss also on that level, nearly right to Fassbender. You get that vibe at all? Yeah, I completely agree. But I think Lego Batman. Yep, same thing though. Like just and, comedy voices. Yep. And uh, last thing here, which I'm gonna plug in again for Netflix. Because they need it right now. Murderville. Murderville is a great show. Did you finish that season? Uh, no. But, like, I've seen, like, almost all of them. All the episodes. So, it's like, 15 minutes or so. So funny. Like, half, it's a must-watch if you like comedy. It is so freaking funny. And improv. The improv is great. It is, like, not cringeworthy. It's so funny. I highly recommend it still. Something that should be cringeworthy, that's not. I don't know how it's not. Um... I've been looking for like Netflix shows or streaming shows to watch. Like as I'm falling asleep, uh, Seinfeld has been that show as of recent for me. And it's great to fall asleep to. It's like, there's something about the laugh track that just puts me to bed, but also, um, maybe this is up my alley. I, mean, yeah, I watched it's... semi, I watched semi pro last night where I know most of the jokes. I'll wake up like speaking the jokes and like that, like one in the morning and then I'll just fall back to sleep on the couch, you know? So like, I feel like this is a great one, right. To just, knock off to and then potentially wake up to hilarious moments yeah and again like this isn't like quotable like a semi-pro is or a blades and glory a blades of glory but like it's just funny what happens it's just funny like watching these people that don't have a script in their hand like try to keep up with Laurenette, who's just a comedic like improv genius is has um i have a question about like the appearances on that show because you mentioned some big names that are on that in terms of like great improvisational skills is melissa mccarthy has she made an appearance on that i don't think so no i okay i would have i would have been surprised if she has but i think she is one of the greatest improvisational comedic actresses of all time have you seen because I, I i've been on a blooper like absolute tear on YouTube. And uh, I watch Veep bloopers just because like Julia Louis Dreyfus and that's such a talented cast, like all such great improvisational comics. But I watched one that was like Paul Rudd movies, basically uh, a compilation. And uh, I saw this scene from This Is 40 that was cut. Have you seen this scene, Ricky Flex, with Melissa McCarthy? No. Yo, Ricky, oh my God, dude. I. I I was sitting by myself on a couch cackling for 20 minutes. I rewatched it five times. There is a scene where <laughs> it's so you know this is 40s a sequel pretty much or a spin-off to yes. Knocked Up. 
Yeah. So they're the parents, like Leslie Mann, Paul Rudd, are in a principal's office, and you have Melissa McCarthy's angry parent, right, sitting alongside these two across from the principal. And Melissa McCarthy blows up, and she goes so off the rails. Like, I can't even describe to you what happens. Like, she's like saying, she turns to Leslie Mann and she cannot stop laughing. She's like, I'm going to gut you like a fish and drink your blood. It's like the most like, insane comments. I can't even, like, like, on this podcast, we try and keep it PG, PG 13, you know? It, it, like, I just highly recommend it to the audience. Um, maybe I'll put it as a link. Like, I will tweet it as a link in response to this episode because it is that much worth watching. My favorite blooper, I would say, of all time. Wow. How about of all time? I will have to check it out. I, I'm looking forward to this tweet. Incredible. And as we wrap up the checkup here, Ricky Flex, uh, you love heat. Michael Mann wants to make a heat too. Is it possible? No. I don't trust it. I don't trust like, that. We saw the Irishman. I think that Scorsese touch really helped. Pacino was Pacino. But like heat, like that was these people, as in De Niro, Pacino, like they were just after their prime i guess or right in the like the near end pacino just after yeah you know? like it's just too long i don't know how they would do it maybe just new maybe heat too just like all new characters and same premise like another heist and cop trying to you know what i mean and yeah I've, I've i've been saying this for a long time i don't think i've ever said this on the pod but it's the biggest travesty on streaming or related to streaming that heat has never streamed Dude, I've been, I was about to say that. You took the words out of my mouth. Like, it is a crime that one of the most rewatchable blockbusters in history that stars, one of the two most bankable stars and the most high-profile actors in history, is just not available for us to see. Like, I was thinking about renting this after I saw this news. I'm like, I got to see Heat again. And I just haven't seen it in years because it's never available, Ricky Flex. Just gotta never it. available. It's on TNT once every two years. If that. If that. Like it's never on cable. It you literally cannot find this movie legally, Agreed. unless you buy it. Like it's impossible. But like you're right. Like I think he, I think Pacino and De Niro actually owe a lot to Michael Mann for that movie because I think that it this movie kept them relevant. Right when you think about it, it's just like before De Niro goes on to meet the parents. This is before. This is after De Niro, I mean, excuse me, Pacino wins his Oscar for Son of a Woman, right? It's like the mid-90s, okay? What, do they still have anything left in the tank? And it's like this movie comes out, and all of a sudden people are like, effing rights. Like this is like this is, this is like what we're talking about right now. This is what like gave birth to the idea of the Irishman. It's like heat. It's just like these guys need to be on screen. Not, not gave birth to it. You know what I mean? So it's like I didn't see a look on your face. <laughs> but it's like it's like it just showed like the potential these two on screen could have with one another. And then you throw in a Scorsese with the Irishman. So okay, this needs to happen again before we die. You know? <laughs> uh let's move on, trailer. Uh any other comments before we move on? No, you summed it up well. All right, trailer roundup. Let's go. Uh, first trailer for Amsterdam. All right, highly anticipated movie uh, starring. Also, first of all, directed by David O. Russell. It's going to star John David Washington of Tenet fame, Margot Robbie. You know her. Christian Bale. You know him. Taylor Swift. You got to know her. Anya Taylor Joy, Rami Malek, Chris Rock, Timmy Dolphin, Michael Shannon was released. Okay, film's going to come out November fourth. Uh, initial reactions from this trailer, Ricky Flex. This will not win any major Academy Awards. I don't think so either, bro. I wasn't blown away by this whatsoever. This had like a poor, not poor man's, but a knives out feel to it. That wasn't as unique, even though it is unique. 
And I think the only thing it could win, which I didn't even think it was that special, I think it would have to wait and see more, is costume design. But this isn't looking crazy. Um, I would say David O'Russell, I do have faith in him, so I know it's going to be good. The problem is I just don't – and like Christian Bale looks like he, like he's Christian Bale, like he's a beast. He'll get but, nominated. Christian Bale's going to get nominated because like, Christian Bale and he's exactly. wearing his, and his one eye. But he's – but I just don't see this winning anything. Like Mario Ravi looks fine. John David Washington fine. Times even Taylor Swift's name was named in front of him. Like that's crazy. Oscar winner. They even put like Oscar winning Oscar like Rami Malek or De Niro. They did that do, with Bale, and that's it. Do you know what I like most about this trailer? It ended. No, I'm joking. One particular cast member that I forgot was in this movie. You know who I'm thinking of. Think, think, think. Chris Gets Rock. His, nope. I do. I like Chris Rock, but someone, someone, someone quite similar. Didn't think um, SNL. Think SNL. Nineties. Uh, Mike Sandler. <laughs> Mike close. Oh, Mike Myers. Mike Myers is Mike in this. Myers comeback in this movie. Like, like all of a sudden, Mike Myers will sometimes show up and like these critically acclaimed pieces just for five seconds. But it's also worth it because, like, remember how important he was to our childhood with Shrek with Austin Powers. Like, I just like to see him doing something every couple years. It's just a comforting feeling for me. Um, but I agree with you. This felt so bland. It felt like I've seen this before. It felt like like you have such talented names on this roster. It almost felt like people are just being plastered onto this movie just because they are a big name. Like Anya Taylor-Joy, I see like as the third or fourth name or the fourth or fifth name on this roster, on the billing. But I see her, like one scene and maybe she had half a line in this trailer. Like what? Is it even worth it to have this huge cast if they're not doing anything? You know, it seems like Christian Bale is doing a lot. Margot Robbie, John David Washington, they're doing the most. Like Mike Myers, character role for him, right? So I get why they're in the movie, but like maybe the Anya Taylor Joy thing is it like worth it having her in the movie if she's not doing anything? Do you just give that to a young up and coming actress that can use this as a stepping stone? Like I get it, you want to get as many eyeballs on this movie as possible, but then you think about it, this is David O. Russell. Like the movie's not cracking $15 million at the box office. I think that this might be a hot take. Oh boy. I think I have a hot take. I can't believe you're saying you had a hot take. So we love the checkup. We love when people get big stars get cast and we love ensembles. Are we getting ensemble inflation? Don't look up. Oppenheimer, Barbie, Amsterdam. This is Asteroid the in thing. Asteroid City. Knives Out. It's kind of started it a little bit. Uh, I I think it might be a little a little inflation in the market here. Like I'm saying, like it movie us, stars. It's, it's giving us these expectations, and then it's like, oh, we didn't get enough screen time in the movie, or it's like, oh, they didn't us that character enough. We should be going to an up and cover like Austin Butler, Maya Hawk, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That's what we should be doing. That's it. Shouldn't be like Anya Taylor Joy that might be in this for five minutes, and I could be wrong. She might be in this for a significant role, but she's too big now. You can't be doing that because it misleads audiences and misleads the story. It's this is different, like because I love that Tarantino does this and he makes people feel relevant again after being um, hidden from audiences for a long time. And I think there's always a purpose when Tarantino does it. Like it feels special. And when I see it in these other movies, it doesn't feel special. It's just like a throw it. Like, don't look up when that happens. I'm just like, okay, like they're just like 
profiting off this, and it seems like there it really isn't an important enough role to be in there for five seconds, right? Whether that's like Kate Blanchett or Tyler Perry, like someone like that, you know? Like Tarantino won't have someone play that type of role. It's going to be like a Bruce Dern in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood that was initially supposed to be Burt Reynolds, you know? Like that's where you have like an actual – um platform to go off of like you have material to work with rather than just like being inserted into a movie for the benefit of audiences i get it, it's gonna get people to go to the theaters but like a david o russell movie look at his movies bro like you're looking at joy you're looking at american hustle you're looking at the fighter like these aren't box office like these aren't blockbusters like they're just great american cinema for the most part so it's just like why waste this? Maybe give an opportunity to someone that's actually going to maybe use it to go to something bigger rather than like Anya Taylor-Joy is going to be in for five seconds and go on to make The Queen's Gambit 2 or just like star an Edgar Wright movie or do this or that. To me, it just doesn't make much sense. I like seeing movie stars, but I don't like movie stars doing nothing. Yeah, it actually makes me angry. And this kind of compliments your take here. So like, you know how in Moon Knight, I mentioned how like Ethan Hawke got the part. It was like when Oscar Isaac like walked into like a random L.A. like a coffee shop and saw him and asked if he wanted to be in it. You know, I feel like that's what happens nowadays, for like through social media and then also through like like encounters like that. But like they're like, oh, do you want to just be in this David Russell project? Like because the big name, you'll be seen by a lot. Huge ensemble will be good for the resume. Like something like quick like that at least like Ethan Hawke's character in Moon Knight he's the villain like he's the main antagonist like huge part he's he is an essential character yeah it's not just like oh like oh it's it's a cool thing I get to be in a movie like really small time like Taylor like, Swift I'll is be the on there example for this I'll be on I'll be uh at the studio or on set for only a day maybe even only an hour like this is just nice little fun thing to do no like we don't want to see that in general because it, again we don't know that before the movie you find that out after the movie. Hurts your expectations. Nailed it. You nailed it because, like, you show these names. Like, I would rather these people show up, and I don't know when they're in the movie. Takes away those expectations. Like now that I know Taylor Swift is in the movie, I'm like, okay, she better not be in the movie for one minute. She better right? not be bad. That, but imagine you didn't say Taylor Swift was in the movie. Once again, this is not going to be a major blockbuster. She shows shows up for a minute to three minutes. You're like, wow, that was crazy, Taylor Swift. Like, think about the audience reaction in that moment, right? The word of mouth potential, like, as a result, like, oh, my God, Taylor Swift is in this movie. Like, the Twitter reaction afterwards, that's huge, right? By having her name ahead of, like, like Michael Shannon and ahead of, like, uh, Timothy Oliphant and ahead of Mike Myers, it's just like, okay, now we have the expectation she's going to be in a lot of this movie. And it's not going to happen, bro. They it's just, not going to happen. They just do it to promote the movie, get buzz around it, and get people to go in theaters from all these different actors and actresses' uh, platforms, right? All their different fan bases to go see this movie, to see them when it's like, but it hurts their product. And they don't know it because they aren't audience members. Like, they think they are, but you can't be once you're ingrained in Hollywood. You'll never understand it the way we do because this day and age is so different from when you were a kid or when before you were in Hollywood. You just cannot understand it. And now that we've encounter this ensemble inflation it's even worse than ever name recognition is so important when you look at twitter talking about this movie i even copy and pasted a tweet from discussing film listing the cast members in order and they have literally after walk david walk john david washington margaret roby christian christian bale uh discussing film then inserts taylor swift as the fourth name why 
because it drives the amount of people that see the tweet, that like the tweet, that retweet the tweet, or even have replies. And like I looked at the replies afterwards, and they're saying like Taylor Swift, really, bro, you're gonna mention her? You're not gonna mention Timothy Oliphant, who's been like one of the most underrated actors in the game for such a long time. You're not gonna include Mike Myers, who's the first time he's been in a movie since God knows when, right? Or he oh, he had that show on Netflix or whatever. But it's just like it's just like shows like the society we live in, right? Not to get too deep on you, right? You know, but it kind of does. This is how it works. Yeah. Even for a movie that won't make anything. Yeah. So either way, looks a little bland. Um, a trailer that I did not think looked bland was actually The Woman King. Uh, this stars Viola Davis, Lashana Lynch, all right, from No Time to Die with Star Wars, Thuso, um, excuse me if I pronounced this wrong, Thuso, Imbedu, she- uh, Sheila Atim, and John Boyega. Uh, the film's going to release on September 16th in theaters. The Woman King is based on true events of the Kingdom of Dahomey, a West African kingdom that lasted over 300 years, now modern-day Benin. Viola Davis calls the Woman King her quote-unquote magnum opus. She said, I've never had a role like this before. It's transformative, and to be a producer on it, and to know that I had a hand in bringing it into fruition, end of quote. Ricky Flex, what was your reaction upon seeing the trailer for The Woman King? I thought the trailer was good. I think it's going to be a good movie. Not great. I think the action looks great. I think the plot is good. Uh, like, how do I want to? It's a it's original. Like, I know it's off of historic history, but like something you haven't and, seen before. Yeah, we haven't seen it before. Exactly. And like again, like you probably predict what's going to happen here or not. Like maybe they go dark on us. Um, go away from like I'm not sure because I don't know the story. Um, but her magnum opus. I love that. some of these quotes are pretty crazy, doctor. I've never had a role like this before is transformative and to be a producer on it and to know that I had a hand in bringing it to fruition. There's always a vision you have for your career, but there are very few roles as an actress of color, dark skin with a wide nose and big lips. I'm just going to continue to say it. Those stories are extraordinarily limited. Like that's pretty big. Um, uh, Like there's a bunch of these other ones that like these quotes are just off the like um, just like big like uh, grabbers, you know, like when you see them on Twitter, it's like, holy crap, like pretty big so i think that this movie is gonna generate a lot of buzz hopefully like viola davis starring in it hopefully that makes it like okay yep this is gonna be really good um i will say lashana lynch on a roll as well but john boyega been out of the limelight a little bit will this be a comeback for him i don't see it based off of this trailer but you never know maybe the final product is better than that but at the end of the day i like the trailer um and i'm not gonna say i'm huge like supremely excited for it well i drafted the most anticipated uh, movies for the rest of the year no but no i'm this trailer was good i had no idea this was coming out until the last couple days and i found this trailer like really cool and i think the music was amazing i don't know if it's going to have that modern day hip-hop implemented into such a uh not an ancient story but a story that took place like centuries ago as a world of one teacher to look at French exploration and colonization at this time in Africa where where Europeans were taking advantage of their technological advancements compared to those Africans that they're colonizing. Um, It's definitely a a type of story that many people either find boring or they just don't want to tell. So I like that this is actually a very – this is a story worth telling. All right, with this woman leader, all right, with these woman fighters that did a great job holding off the French during this time in modern-day Benin. Like Viola Davis calling this pretty much a passion project. It's got to be exciting for anybody who likes movies because Viola Davis is an incredible dramatic actress. 
like we've seen her in so many different things. When you go from the help, if you're a superhero fan, you think about the Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad or Peacemaker. You think about her in Fences alongside Denzel. Like she's one of the greatest like dramatic actresses that we've seen in recent history. And to see her channel this like inner like anger turmoil through a role and to see her become physical compared to like just expressing herself through her anger with her words i think that is enticing and i know people are going to say like maybe she doesn't have it in her but like we've seen so many people this is almost like this is a much deeper role compared to other ones but we've seen so many older dramatic actors make this transformation into these like action type of stars like where we think of liam neeson okay like transforming into like the actress star he's been i'm not saying the woman king's gonna be directly like like taken or anything like that it's got a much deeper story and one that's much much more authentic to viola davis but like i don't think people should just roll their eyes at the fact of her wielding a spear because i think that's definitely possible and i like lashana lynch here i think this is a great follow-up to no time to die right as playing 007 latest james bond movie so like seeing her like in those battle sequences, going against the man, they got female empowerment story, but one that doesn't make you roll your eyes and also like by the trailer at least, but it also just makes me want to see the movie. John Boyega, like it doesn't seem like he's doing much in this movie. This movie's more about African women than it is for African men or just men in general. But uh, I like to see John Boyega do more because he was like Detroit, you think of obviously Star Wars. I think like many Star Wars characters, like Daisy Ridley, just want to take a little break. You know, I think it's a good way to ease himself back in. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. And also, like Viola Davis, I like how you mentioned the Liam Neeson route because, yes, this is you like if you weren't aware of the these quotes, if you weren't aware of this movie, but you just saw this trailer, you think, oh, action movie, getting older, just going along with the trend right now. But this is deeper than that. I like that. And also she's not doing that heel, like a heel turn. Like she's not doing the action turn. You know, she's going to be Harriet Tubman, which, you know, she's going to be nominated for an act. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. That's a lock, dude. Like, that's an that's, absolute lock. If I've ever like, heard that's one. minus 200 on like minimally on More. Vegas right <laughs> More. now. Like, it, like there's not even a, a date on it. That's just an announcement. Like there's not like there's not nothing attached. <laughs> that, to it it's a declaration. That. Declaration but for Rick literally. Rick. They made that announcement to say, hey, whenever this movie comes out, if you're a big time actress, do not make a movie that year because you will not be winning an Oscar. Like that's basically the reason they announced it. But um, what I'm trying to say here is like, yeah, she's doing this movie. You might think it's an action turn. It's not. She's still doing those dramatic roles, going for the Oscars, and also this is deeper than that. So she's not doing the full action turn. And it's like people make that immediate connection if you've seen this trailer to Black Panther, but this is actually an authentic story. Like, not that like Black Panther isn't authentic, but it's based on a fictional character, and they do a great job like recognizing like African ancestry, but this is actual African ancestry. I think people are gonna connect to it very well. And you have like that appeal of it that's going to be the action-oriented. You got huge names like Boyega uh, and Viola Davis, Lashana Lynch, like people are going to go see this movie. I think, like, I, I think this is going to be a surprise hit at the box office. And I went like September 16th, like an early awards season, potentially for like one Viola Davis passion project for one of the greatest dramatic actors we know. Like, I think it's a, I think, I don't think it's a long shot, but I think it's a, I think it's got a, it's got potential, I think for her, to be honest. I still think it's a long shot. September 16th. She's probably saying these quotes to drive more interest to it. And also drive some more arty, arty vibes to it, right? Like some critics vibes to it. I still think it's a long shot. Big year this year, 2022. A lot of pandemic movies coming out this year. But you never know. It's Viola Davis, so you can't count her out. All right. 
uh, that's going to do it for the checkup this week. Now let's move on to our 10 bold predictions for Thor, Love, and Thunder. All right, it's time for our traditional MCU pre-MCU release where we give our 10 bold predictions before their next major feature. So we have Taika Waititi's Thor Love and Thunder out this week, premieres this Friday. We'll be going to see it on Thursday just because that's who we are. Ricky Flex, how this is going to work. I think we're going to do it the same way as usual where we go one for one, right? We're guarding these predictions. We're going to give you 10 to look forward to for this movie. Sound good? Oh, yeah. So, Ricky Flex, do you want to lead us off with your first major prediction for Thor Love and Thunder? Okay, so I feel like my first prediction has to be related to the box office. <laughs> it, it has to be because of my my takes in the past. You've, right you've, take? Okay, yeah, yeah. Do we Let's review these first. <laughs> let's review these takes. So you said Multiverse of Madness would make less than, right? The Batman. Now you knew that. Like I knew that wasn't gonna happen. No, but I'll, I'm just going but... through the track record. Ricky Flex, the Batman. You also said would cross a bill. Did you say that or eight hundred? I said eight hundred. Eight hundred. Just short. Just short. It was a valiant effort. But this is why we call them bold predictions, Ricky Flex. Can we get this one right though? Can we get this one right? Let me talk you through it. You have the floor. Top Gun Maverick, Phenomena, 1.1 billion worldwide. That will not be touched by Thor Love and Thunder. But that's not my bold prediction. I don't know what to say to you, Ricky Flex. You think it's going over Top Gun Maverick? This is making a billion dollars. Yeah. A Thor movie? My bold prediction is that it won't beat Top Gun Maverick. My God. Okay. I was going to say it won't beat Doctor Strange, but... All right, that won't be Top Gun Maverick. Worldwide. Worldwide. I'm typing in it right now, but actually, actually it's painful. Because I think you're gonna miss this one again. Then then I'm on record. I'm on uh I'm on Oh my... no no, your name's attached, bro. Your no, name's attached. No, I'm saying I'm on I'm on brand. That's what it is. I'm on brand. Being Ricky. wrong about the box office comparisons to other movies. So like what what did Doctor Strange make? Over a bill. No, it like, didn't. It didn't. 950 million a shy of a bill yes now now you have some validity i thought that uh dr strange crossed the bill it's it feels not. like this movie is less hype not now you're reeling me in ricky flex you're reeling me in now it, you feel it right the, well, there's the less scores dying a little bit chris hemsworth is saying oh i'm not like i'm not a superhero anymore and then you have the guardians in it which should help it but it's like, why are they in it? I think what hurts it most, to be honest, is not just the Rotten Tomatoes scores. It's two things. Rotten Tomatoes, I think, does hurt it a little bit. Not much. But three things. This movie will be on Disney Plus within two months. I think that also hurts it. 
And I do think that there are rumors that there is not enough Christian Bale to score the God Butcher in this movie, which would be like the um, basically the attractor, other than the fact to any like I guess non MCU fan that isn't as attached to the Thor franchise, the fact you have Christian Bale in it, and like the rumors are saying that he's not in it as much as you'd hope. I think those are the three major things. So I think you have that going for you. The fact that Multiverse of Madness did not hit a billion actually shocks me, but it's just short. I I like my take. Okay. So on to me. Yeah, on to you. So yeah, so box office will not beat Top Gun Maverick, which currently stands, I believe, at one point one billion. Yeah, one point one, and then a bunch of other numbers, but yeah. And Tom and Tom Cruise is anticipated to take home minimum sixty million dollars. Greatest movie star of all time. Well deserved. Well deserved, in my opinion. All right, where do I go next? I'll go with one that is a little more obvious. Just to start off, we'll ease our way in, Ricky folks. We're going to ease our way in. This will not be Chris Hemsworth's last movie as Thor. Okay? So I think more, more of the overt here, he's mentioned, right, Chris Hemsworth, that he is willing to play this role for years to come. He has found that uh, almost a newfound love for this character, a way that he loves to portray him. He can tap into his comedic abilities, but also he can maintain like that machoism, that elite action star um, that he is, you know, and like you know, he obviously has the promotions of like um, center fit and all these different um, uh, workout regimens that he's doing. I think it's, I like, I don't think it has like the end of end game where it's like, okay, this is going to be Robert Downey Jr.'s last run. This is going to be Chris Evans' last run. I don't think you can have Thor reach his end, an original Avengers member in a solo jaunt. Like it's got to be in a group adventure. The next maybe Secret Wars has been brought up as a next major team up between all these Marvel Cinematic Universe heroes. All right, the second wave. I don't think this is going to be his last appearance. I think he's going to have a just death at the end of one of those movies or basically him running off into the sunset. Hmm. I like it. I think that it's interesting because I think the people that are saying like they're using the argument that, oh, he's been doing this for so long. Like they need new like Captain America's gone. Iron Man's gone. Like I think it's completely different where Thor is like two to sep- We've seen two separate Thors. They've he's, just been the same actor. I, I feel think, like he's just getting going, to be yeah, honest. I, I feel like he's still at that peak. Chris Hemsworth finally found himself, right? And again, like Ragnarok, he's doing these other roles that are action-oriented with a comedic twist on him, like at Spiderhead as well, outside of Thor. He's finally found his groove and like where he should be in Hollywood and that comedic role within that good-looking, action-oriented vibe, you know? Um, I, I think this is just the, like, not the start, but this is the middle. I don't think this is the end. And you don't get that feel again. And it's I like, think it's that... Like- I, like, I feel like it's like Tony Stark's Civil War era, you know? Yeah, it's like, exactly, exactly. Yeah. It's that middle ground. And, like, there's not – the movie, like, this is, like, we're not there yet, right? This episode's going to drop July 7th. So, like, this movie's not available to most of the public. You would, I think, have a vibe right now, a bigger vibe, if it was going to happen, right? If this was gonna I, I would be utterly shocked if Chris Adams, if, if, if Thor dies in this I think year. it's more likely that this is Jane's one and only shot. Oh, don't, don't stop. Don't stomp on predictions yet, Ricky Flex. Well, don't stomp on predictions unless you're leading into your next one. 
are you, are you trying to make me say that I'm not trying to bait anything? Rick, I'm not trying to bait anything. I'm saying I might have a prediction. You might have a prediction. The world might have a prediction. I don't want to drop that yet because I think that's definitely a potential, right? Regarding Jane Foster's character. All right. Well, let me just go. All right, fine. I'll tone it back a little bit here. Fine. I'll, I'll tone it back a lot back. This is probably like the one that means nothing, but I just want it on the record. Zilch. I don't think the blue hair person woman that Thor kisses in the trailer is real. I think it's like a dream. Okay. A dream or something. I don't think it's actually happening. I think it's like, like in his mind or something. I don't know. Like, like as in like, oh, he's like, and then like Tyke, he's, Tyke is doing the one thing, like Cork saying like, wake up to him. Or like, I don't know. I just don't think she's real. I think this is an interesting one. It's very small scale. Like, I, this is not something I expect out of you, to be honest. I thought this was more of like, uh, if we were straggling to find a ninth or tenth prediction that we throw this out there. But I think I agree. I, I, I like as you said before, like in the grand scheme, I don't think it matters. But I also think it doesn't matter because, like, the fact that Jane's in this movie, talk about that interest there. It's like Thor on the comeback trail. Like, I can't, like, it just almost seems a little bit too zany that all of a sudden he starts making out with some random chick. I, I get, I can exactly. see it. You know, it seems a little too zany to see. Hey, that, we went from you know? killing Jane to this. Like, I think that I was trying to reel it back in. So, blue hair, make out princess, not real. Correct. Okay. On to the next one. I'll go with Russell Crowe. Something we've talked about earlier. He's going to have less than 10 minutes of screen time. 10? Less than 10. I had five. Wow. We went, Jesus. We're going bold predictions, Doctor, or what? Well, I, I, well, people might think that Russell Crowe actually has a role in the final battle somewhat of this movie or the final act. I don't think he, he's going to even last that long. I think he's going to be a, more of a come and go, and it's just a place for the plot to stop, right? Or a plot me, to take a break with Chris Hemsworth's journey. Okay, let me do a little combo here. Go back to me, a little tennis action. We're going back and forth. Volume. Let's work it. A real quick kind of combination oh. here. Oh. Oh. Gore, Gore kills Zeus. Jeez. Oh, I like this. It's that either says. that or this is the only, like, we're not seeing Russell Crowe again in an MCU project. He's only doing no, this. We're in on this. Let, yeah. let's, we workshop this. This is good. Gore, Gore, right? The God Butcher kills Zeus. I think he Zeus stands for everything that Gore has basically stood against exactly. throughout all, all these throughout the two trailers we've seen of him. Maybe one we we've seen uh, basically how he's selfish and what well, I think one we've seen we've seen Gore twice. Yeah, most recent one we had we had most recent trailer. I know you're holding up the two. That's why I said yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm saying for the listeners, so. I think Zeus is this cocky individual that Gore has come to despise that doesn't love anybody but himself. It seems very much on par with who Gore wants to absolutely eviscerate, you know? So I could see Russell Crowe getting absolutely zapped by Gore the God Butcher. I agree. This is great. Workshopped it perfect, right? Gore kills Russell Crowe's Zeus. And then I also mentioned at the back half, less than less than 10 minutes of screen time. Make it a little Done. juicier. All right, on to your next prediction. Well, I just did the Gore kills Zeus one. So, oh, I thought we were workshopping it. Okay, on no, back so to the, me. The two separate ones that just happened. Oh, so we're doing two separate ones. So it's less than ten minutes of screen time and Gore kills Zeus. Yeah, two separate ones. Okay, let me just write that in. Perfect. While you write in, I'll just go again. But we'll remember that you did two in a row. 
I will go with. I I actually want to help. I want help with this one as well. Yeah, so Quill. I think we have to do something with Quill here. Star Lord. I want I want something on the board with Quill. So what I was thinking here is okay. Quill. What can I or I was thinking I was just thinking Guardians. Like, how are we gonna do this? Many people were saying, like yourself, like, oh, they're only in the first half of the movie. That's too easy. I actually think they might have a, a impact later on in the movie because you know what? I think we're forgetting. There's another god in this movie. Peter Quill, right? Ego connection. Celestial, you're talking about? Celestial. Well, he's not anymore. I know, but maybe like Gore's like, just I want to take him out. Like, help me out here. You're too bold. No, no. I'm, I'm putting something. my hammer down. I'm putting my Mjolnir down, and I'm saying no. Then like this is out. this is no, no. I will not. I cannot back we you. Got to do this. something with the Guardians on like, this board. Like Peter Quill has relinquished his potential to be a celestial, to be a god. Like as Kurt Russell said to him, right at like during like the final act of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I honestly don't think the Guardians of the Galaxy are going to be in the final sequence of this movie. I think they're one and done. First act and gone. Is that going to be our uh, big thing here? But I, I, I think. Well, no. Like it's it's in the it's in it's in the back pocket. I think we have more in us. To be honest, we have more left in the tank. But to me, what I keep seeing at the end of this movie is this black and white in this like different type of world where you have gore with Jane and Thor. Right, almost like a three-way battle. Valkyrie, I think, has even been shown in black and white. I can't see this being a large-scale battle where you have like the Guardians of the Galaxy with Zeus, with Korg, with Meek, with Valkyrie, all these characters coming together to take on Gore. This is going to be a very much a two-on-one battle. We talked about Gore and his like uh, saying him even in the trailer saying to thor like you have something to fight for you have a love something that's different from the other gods and everything like that it just makes me think there's going to be a two-on-one at the end of this rather than the guardians playing an essential role i think the guardians are first acting done all right so let's let's uh i i say let's put that on there then <laughs> you don't think we have more left in the tank uh well give me another one then so I'll just put it in for put it put it right right for now. Like Guardians will not return for the final battle of this movie. I'll put that in now, but uh, I want to add into something a little bit more juicy, little bit more juicy. So I'm going to say that Lady Thor dies at the end of this movie. Is that is that too overt? Do you think that like she had a potential for a future in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Does Jane Foster? Right? Does she her entr- her entrance as a Marvel superhero doesn't end in one movie? So I've had this little uh, predicament here preparing for this pod because because I had the same thought, right? But they made such a big deal out of her at Comic Con being Lady Thor, right? It's all this movie's been like attached because of that, like like hyped up. So much Natalie Pullman coming back. You thought she was gone, not in Thor Ragnarok. Back here, right? Why bring her back for just one movie? She's it's it's tough, man. I you she's gone, bro. She's gone. Wait, wait, but the reason I brought it up earlier is because I made the term. And it's because I did some research, some comic book research, and she has cancer, dude. 
like I guess she's gonna have cancer in this movie, maybe. According to the comics, the... like that's why she yeah. becomes Thor. Exactly. So maybe she has to give up Mornir or something like that to kill Gore. So maybe she kills Gore and she also dies. I don't want to get create to any more crazy, but I'm fine with saying Jane Foster dies in this movie. Or Lady Thor, whatever you want to say. This is the one I'm pretty much most confident in from the rest of our predictions. I think it's first of all, Jane Foster, like Natalie Portman, she's had her rivalry with Marvel in terms of what she's appeared in, in terms of how she's going to show up in the future, right? Her breaking up with Thor was pretty much because she didn't want to show up into another Thor movie and things like that. But also, Natalie Portman is a major star who's been tied to a franchise before in Star Wars, right? I don't think she wants to be tied to the MCU, basically in the heart of her career. What is she right now? She's got to be around early 40s maybe. Like this is a time like she did Jackie a couple of years ago, right? She did Black Swan. I want to say ten years ago, maybe even a little bit more. I think she's got a lot left in the tank. She doesn't want to be tied down to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but also the hammer. It's got to go back in Thor's hand. It's got to go back in Thor's hand. Like he's not going to be wielding an axe if we're going to see more of Chris Hemsworth in the MCU. And I feel like Kevin Feige would rather have Chris Hemsworth continue his run in original core Avenger than have Lady Thor, Natalie Portman, right, continue her run or at least start her run as an MCU superhero. We have enough new faces in the MCU. You got to continue Chris Hemsworth and he needs the iconic hammer to go with it. And also you think about Gore the God Butcher talking about talking to Thor in the trailer, talking about the love that he has, how he's different from, from other gods, right? What would make him different is the person that he loves actually taking down Gore or even like sacrificing herself, right, to save Thor because she loves more than herself, you know? I think that lines up too well. Um, I hope it doesn't happen, to be honest, because I think it's too much to tell from the trailer. It's too obvious to tell from the trailer, but it's just the vibes I get, and it's kind of how Marvel operates sometimes. Okay. I'm, you know, I'm in. I had it written down. Uh, well, okay. You, you, you give me another one. Okay. That's one. Let me assess because I got, I got like five more here. I uh, think there's going to, there's going to be over two fourth wall breaks in this movie. Thor talking to the camera. Cord talking to the camera. Someone is talking to the camera more than twice in this movie. And I think that goes with the Taika Waititi style. I think uh, Ragnarok almost hints at it a couple times, but I've, I've read some of the reviews. They talk about the zaniness of this movie, how it's overly comedic. I think they're going to like override right the momentum from Ragnarok, turn it more into Deadpool than it is like an MCU film almost, right? Minus the R rating, bring it more to a PG, PG-13 level. I can see over two fourth wall breaks in this movie, whether it uh, be from multiple characters. Thoughts? I don't know. I am okay with going with it because this is the zaniness type of movie, right? And I'll I put think it on the kind of, you, know, I, you don't seem confident, give me, so I'll put it on the back burner. I could, I don't know, man. That's Deadpool's thing. Yes, but I think that's could like I don't know. Like, there's been some controversial MCU. like thoughts on this movie. People not liking like the direction it's taking compared to most Marvel movies or direction of Phase Four in general. Uh, they talked about this movie is not going to relate to further like uh, uh, multiverse or it's not going to relate to like variants of different characters. I think it's just going to be its own type of style. And I could see I could see it like kind of like 
becoming a little bit self-indulgent with itself, like loving itself a little too much. So that's why I have it on there. Okay. I'm like, fine with it. Um, like really following think. Ragnarok. Like Ragnarok, like it did something. Okay, let's just go all in on comedy, you know? Okay. All right. I'm down. Back burner. Back burner. I'm not confident yet. So right now we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Seven. Okay. I have one, but I, I'm actually running out here because we shared a couple. Um, I, still, I still got four more. Okay. Well, another one I have, I think we can't make put this but like i think this will be gore's only movie i think that's kind of too obvious so take yeah, right on. um i also think we need to decide who's killing gore because i think this is, will be his only movie right who will it be are we gonna go the easy route with thor no i think the easy route would be lady thor exactly or so who's I, the I, third I, one valkyrie I think we go with Valkyrie. Yeah, Ricky, that's why you're here, baby. <laughs> that's why you're here. That's called teamwork, right? We work through that one-on-one, -on -one, one after the other. <laughs> Excellently done, Ricky Flux. I'm so proud of you. Excellent. All right, what's your next one? <laughs> that is actually, since you shut down my cool one, you just give me two more, and then I'll help you out. Unless right. we go unless we go with... There will be over two with the fourth wall breaks in this movie. Then just give me one more. No, I'm, that's on the back burner. Let, it, let's see what else we like. So back, Valkyrie will kill Gore the God Butcher. Ricky, that was excellent. That was the driving pod, like firing on all cylinders. We're seeing both things. Like, like we see the universe the same way. Perfect. All right. I have a couple things. I'm, I'm going to list a couple. Ah, actually, no. I'll go with my best one. I think there's going to be a post-credit lead into both Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 and Loki Season 2. I completely agree, but I don't think it's a hot take. <sighs> Loki Season 2, because I think Loki's not actually, he won't appear in the movie, but he's going to be referenced a lot. I think it's a traditional way to try and connect Thor with Loki, right, in a post-credit. So you, is that why you're saying, like, it's just almost too obvious? Yeah, and Guardians are in the movie, and we're already, we have we have a Guardians thing coming out, I Am Groot, this year. And we're having the the holiday special. Like it's it's just like if we don't get a post credit scene with that, I think they're not doing it right. But I know Marvel does post credit scenes right more than anybody. I'll give you a different one. Give you a different one. I think it's my next best one. Cord will have more screen time than Zeus Russell Crowe in this in this movie. Do we go with that instead of less than ten minutes? Wait, I th that's I think it's obvious too now. Now thinking about it, look at the trailer. Uh, they're on that snow planet, Korg and Thor. That's but, gonna be ten but, minutes in itself. But Korg is like telling the story to the kids. He's on the planet for a little bit. He's sharing a lot of screen time. I guess I guess it's not that. Mm. We'll go to the next one. I think the movie's gonna end up where Valkyrie's gonna set up her own spinoff series. She's gonna get her own show. I don't mind that. I think that's uh, that makes sense. I, I, if all these other characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are getting their own TV show, I think Valkyrie has now been through, right? Ragnarok, Love and Thunder, right? And now in, uh, Endgame as well. I think she is more deserving for a TV show than some of the characters that are in the Marvel Cinematic Universe that are getting them, you know? Uh, like Miss Marvel, or who would you rather see, Miss Marvel or Valkyrie getting her own show? Tessa, Tessa Thompson, huge star. She's going to be in Creed 3 coming up later, I think, next year. Um, 
I, I I just think like she's a cool character, and I think there's a lot you can. Like, she's gonna have a cool arc, I think, in this story too. Judging by her time from being be, uh, either the uh, leader, president, whatever you want to call it, ruler of Valkyrie on Earth, right? Seeing how she's handling that, and also returning to this like warrior type of mentality. I think I want to see her right in her own solo adventure, and I know like Tessa Thompson can handle it. So I'm gonna say that's a prediction. I agree. She's coming out with Creed 3 later this year. She's also going to be in another movie. The only other thing that's on her schedule with the director, Steve Buscemi. What? You heard, you heard what me is right. this? No, uh, I didn't. It's called right. The Listener. Follows a helpline volunteer who is part of the small army that gets on the phone every night, fielding calls from all kinds of people, feeling lonely, broken, etc. Kind of the guilty vibes a little bit. Again, Steve Buscemi is in the director's chair for this, so that's very interesting. But yeah, you, no. Do you know schedule. why? Wait, wait, wait. Do you know why Buscemi's a perfect like director? For yeah, the nine eleven uh, firefighter. Firefighter. Yeah. So. All right, I interrupted you. Keep going. No, but that's the only thing on her schedule after this, and Creed three, which is already filmed. So, makes sense. I agree. I think you nailed it. I love this one because it's something that's obvious, but no one's talking about that. Um, I think Loki is too obvious because we know we're getting a season two. He's not in this movie, but somehow they have to bring it up from the success of Loki and not just the show, but the series. And and it's going to be like he's the name. It was going to be referenced at some point. A hot take would be his name is not referenced in this movie. <laughs> if we want to go crazy. You know, I'm thinking for bold predictions now because we're at nine. Uh, back burner, yeah. right? Right. Back burner right now. We're talking about the two fourth wall breaks. Talk about Korg having more screen time than Zeus. Post credit scenes for Guardians of Galaxy three and Loki. Um, there's been tweets that have been released prior to the film's release saying Jeff Goldblum and Peter Dinklage were cut from scenes in this movie. Do you think there is some falsehood to those claims? Do you think that Jeff Goldblum might actually be in this movie? No, but I don't. I love how you're saying that. I think if anything. Taika in this franchise now with him at the helm of it, it's something where those false rumors or those rumors would be false. So I think if there's any Christian Bale said it too, the Christian Bale is the one who said it and he is like nowhere near logical about the Marvel cinematic universe. Yes. But I think that means that he's telling the truth because he's not logical about them. So he doesn't know about Tom ah, spoiling everything. Little, little double, you know? double like reversal there. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he doesn't know that he's spoiling something major. You know, um, mind games, mind games. Um, exactly. But I like the way your mind's thinking. I just don't see that. I also, yeah, one, I also wanted to say this. I'm telling you, after the first trailer, I saw this on Twitter. Um, so I cannot take credit for this, but. You see in the trailer, you see the new Asgard, you see Tessa Thompson in like the suit. She's clearly upset around that round table. And in the little like when you see new Asgard, you see a tour bus. It literally says like Asgard tours. Someone pointed that out on Twitter. Do we say that new Asgard is turned into like a tourist destination? Well, it seems like almost like a confirmation more than a prediction. Okay, I, I just wanted to say that too. Not taking credit. Do you think they'll be moved? Do you think they will move from Earth to maybe where Zeus is holding? Uh, like, uh, what where Zeus live? What's it called? Uh, 
Uh, Heaven? Olympus. Olympus. <laughs> Mount Olympus. Mount Olympus. Do you think they get relocated to Olympus maybe? You see her sitting on that council there next to Lady Thor. I also have Loki will be referenced, referenced but won't actually appear in the project. I think that's also very is Hercules, obvious. Is Hercules in this movie? That's it. I think that's that. that is the key to our 10th prediction. Will Hercules be introduced in this film? And I think that is a real possibility, especially with our prediction of the fall of Zeus, most likely at the hands of Thor, the God Butcher. That's it, Ricky Flex. Teamwork, baby, teamwork. So Hercules in the MCU will be introduced in this movie. Confident in that one? Yeah, I'm down. I I think uh, everyone knows, like, we, obviously MCU is under the Disney canon. Hercules coming out. I think it makes sense. That's 10. That's 10 Ricky Flex. Let me double check. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Let's run through them. And then let's make sure we can confirm our list before we send you out of here, all the listeners. So, first off, first prediction box office for Thor Love and Thunder will not be Top Gun Maverick at $1.1 billion. A billion, one billion dollars. Second prediction this will not be Chris Hemsworth's last turn as playing Thor, God of Thunder. Third prediction. The blue hair woman that Chris Hemsworth makes out with in the trailer is not actually real. It's in a vision, right? Or a dream. Fourth prediction, Russell Crowe will have less than 10 minutes of screen time on uh, as Zeus, right? Less than 10 minutes as Zeus. The next one, fifth, also related to Russell Crowe, Gore, the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale, will kill Russell Crowe, okay? Next prediction, six, Guardians of the galaxy will not return for the final battle of the movie. They will strictly remain in the first part of this movie, much to the chagrin of Ricky Flex. Next, seven, Lady Thor will die at the end of the movie, and, and Thor will end up wielding Mjolnir once again. Right now, we move on to number eight. Valkyrie will end up killing God Gore the God Butcher. It will not be Thor. It will not be Lady Thor. It'll be the unsung hero, Valkyrie. Let's step and go. Ninth, this movie will end where Valkyrie is set up for her own spinoff series that almost goes hand in hand with the previous prediction. And then finally, the 10th, Hercules, the MCU hero, will be introduced in this movie after the death of Zeus. That's our 10 predictions. Ricky Flex, I think pretty solid, to be honest, for a workshop list. I think so, too. I think we worked together on this. I think we each got what we wanted at the end. Yeah, I think... Again, I think before the, the Doctor Strange, I think the hype for this was like high, but kind of forgotten because of the multiverse effect of Doctor Strange coming off of Spider-Man No Way Home. And I think now with Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, I feel like we're a little MCU'd out. Or at least everybody's still going to make a crap ton of money just under Top Gun. But I just think that the hype is not there. It just feels weird right now. So I'm glad we did this. I'm nervous about Marvel in the future based on these shows, based on like the basic, basically the ignorance of like audiences to miss Marvel based on the reception of Eternals based on uh basic uh, like black widow, like all of phase four movies combined with these latest TV shows. I think it's concerning. And then if Thor underperforms both critically and financially at the box office, I mean, that's a little scary. That's a scary thought. And it's going to, it's going to, uh, 
it's going to almost require a reassessment, a reevaluation of this attack that's set by Marvel. That seems like they're almost in full swing with these Disney Plus projects. Maybe there needs to be something different going on because it doesn't have the same vibe as Marvel Phase 1, 2, and 3. The hype is just not there. Okay. That being said, that's going to do it for our episode 122 of The Drive-In. Make sure you are following wherever you're listening right now, okay, whatever platform you, you prefer. Make sure you're also following us on Instagram and Twitter, right, for all of our content, okay? Make sure you're interacting with us. Make sure you also rate us five stars and leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast. We had an amazing review left uh, from our latest episode. Ricky Flicks, do you have that up? Um, yes, I do have it up. You want to read it for um, us? At Dodgers underscore tips. I love bat flips. Enjoy the listen, but you got one thing wrong. Butler does sing the songs from the 50s, Trouble, Baby, Let's Playhouse, etc. Baz and interviews have explained why an AB is listed on the soundtrack. So we mentioned on the last pod that Austin Butler didn't sing the songs. That is incredible. For Elvis. He did for Elvis. He did. Like, we asked you to correct us. If we're wrong, call us out. At Dodger Tips, thank you. Thank huge, you. Huge, huge, huge reply to get us correct keep we're, us. hey we're big dumb idiots right here we're looking to learn we look to absorb knowledge not just pushing on people keep editing us right keep editing us all right uh with that being said all right make sure you're tuning into our feed later on in the week we have our recap for the boys penultimate episode along with a stranger things recap we got the boys season finale dropping this Friday. Make sure you're prepared. We're going to drop our predictions for this upcoming finale, and then we'll recap it next week on the pod. What's coming next week, as you can assume, Thor Love and Thunder, and we're also going to be tearing, tearing Marvel movies the same way we did with Pixar. We're going to do the, the Hall of Fame, the Elite, the Hall of Fame, Hall of Very Good, the Good, and the rejects, right? We're breaking them all down for you. Can't wait to do it. I know Ricky Flex is licking his chops, baby. All right. That's going to do for episode 122. Until next time, we will smell you.